0: We're listening to Tasting Together with Andre Prue and Maroki Tom.
1: Well, Andre, my Lunar New Year started off with a bit of a pitter-patter. It was a little bit slower this year, given that my family isn't really around. And then my one family member, my sister, had plenty of her own plans with friends. But I probably could have used the break, but it really did go out with a bang.
0: I am very happy that I got to be a part of that bang.
1: Yes, you were part of that bang, and we're going to get a chance to recap it on the episode, but apparently that bang has banged you down because <laughs> you... Uh, you know, it's funny because um, all winter, I don't think we've talked about the the winter sick- sicknesses or the winter blahs oh or God. cold remedies, but um, I guess this is a good time as any to, to bring that part of the conversation to life.
0: You know, it's the thing they tell you when you have a child that once they go to daycare, expect to get everything, but like, I didn't think they would be all at the same time um so we baby spencer we ended up on boxing day so it's become a tradition now on days off um we take spencer to the doctor of the hospital uh don't worry let me preface this by saying spencer is fine and happy and healthy um there's just a lot of going to the doctors when you have a baby for any of you who don't have children any of you who do have children are nodding along in agreement with what i'm about to say uh so started on boxing day where spencer wasn't feeling well we took her to the doctor. And I was in the process of starting a new job. So Boxing Day Spencer was down. By the first week of January, I was taken down. And basically, nobody in the house has been healthy since then. So here we are recording this on February 26th. My voice is what it is. I'm actually not feeling super terrible. Like, my head is with it. I'm completely focused. But, like, today we took Spencer to the doctor because she has a weird rash. Uh, last week, Anya was sick. Like we had to close the bakery for a day because she was so sick. And like, you know, I don't. Know, I have a few theories, Morky. Can I know this is a food wine, like a wine and food podcast here? But um, you know, the fact that we've gone like three years of like caution compared to what like normal is. I'd say like 2024 is the first year of completely back to normal since the pandemic. But we've gone like three years of masks, hand washing, social distancing, blah blah blah. But it's almost like. My immune system, I feel like it's getting a shit kicking because I've gone three (laughs) years of like no sickness you know
1: you've like gone through put yourself in a little protective globe and now you're soft and delicate and getting walloped. now to be fair i i also think that small kid germs have a level of power that adults don't have it's like (laughs) i could be immune to other adults spreading their germs at me but the moment i'm around a small child it's like my body doesn't understand so i I actually count my blessings because i've been over to your place several times in these last couple of months and so far i have emerged Unscathed. unscathed, yeah. Knock on wood, <laughs> knock on wood. But I am I am frustrated with you, Andre, that you refuse to take honey for your throat. And like not to claim being a doctor, we are not doctors on this podcast, but I still think raw honey with its natural antibacterial co- uh, properties, is good for your throat. I was a singer for many years, Andre. I should know all the throat remedies.
0: I studied trumpets seriously. I've had to look after my throat too. I just, You had to look after your lungs. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I did not want to do the honey thing today. I'm drinking hot Saskatoon berry tea. I'm being mindful of my caffeine intake and sugar intake today. If my voice dies halfway through the podcast, we'll take a break for me to get honey and you can say I told you so if we get to that point.
1: Yes, yes. You're being such a brat, but I will <laughs> I will allow you to be a brat right now because you're sick. But maybe moving on to happier thoughts, maybe the happier thoughts will um, reinvigorate your throat as we talk <laughs> about the end of Lunar New Year. We have an interview coming up uh, later on. When yes. I say it ended with a bang, it was two days of just like feasting, which I think is just... All the things you should be doing uh, during Lunar New Year. Um, we will have an interview coming up with the owner of Hot Spicy Spicy to dig into Szechuan Cuisine. But the food that you and I partook in, Andre, was on Saturday when we finally, when I, I should say we finally, I finally was able to bring you to Fishman Lobster Clubhouse.
0: Matt, a lot of people, even people in Hamilton that we were talking to about going for this dinner because we were so excited for it, were jealous. Um I think a lot of people have seen the photos of it. Like this place is famous for it's like mountain of seafood. Like that's what you go for.
1: Yeah. yeah. Big mountain lobster mountain is sort of what it's famed for. Um, I don't know if he was the one who put it on the map, but he definitely, it definitely helped that he did. But David Chang featured it on ugly delicious and very much kind of spoke about how Toronto is the epicenter of, of uh, Chinese cuisine or even Asian cuisine, if you want, if I want to be more broad strokes about it, but I think they're like over the years, like we, my family has gone to Fishman Lobster Clubhouse for a long time, and it wasn't, um, let's just say they they're doing very well because uh, it didn't look as fancy. Uh, many many years ago it has definitely gotten better and better it has moved to it it's gotten to a bigger location they have a sister location now and i think it's called jumbo lobster um which i actually have heard there they open the location and are already looking for yet another bigger location because it isn't big enough that's how popular they've become
0: i mean to paint the picture of what this place is like um it's definitely like very welcoming it's got a family restaurant vibe to it um It's not kitschy, like it it doesn't feel like cheesy when you go in, but you go into this restaurant and it's wall-to-wall aquariums with like fresh seafood in it, massive lobsters, king crab, which was the thing I was super stoked on, like Maroki, I don't know if you know this, but king crab is something where when I go to the grocery store in the moment it goes on sale, I pick it up and then... I inevitably put it back down just because it is such a treat. And even when it's on sale, it's so expensive. And it's one of those things where like I really don't want to mess it up if I take that home and I cook it. So like it was such a treat to like not only have king crab, but like we had a whole king crab. Like we, we, we got to split king a whole crab. king crab. Like how how great's that? Like we got to I know. split a whole king crab.
1: It's so funny because as you're telling me this, I was I was trying to I was gonna say to our audience as they're listening in, it's like, oh, you can just go look at your fo- my photos on Instagram. Then I was like, wait, they're all in stories. And then I just had a moment. I'm like, I've never really made a highlight reel of like my best eats in Toronto, and I I think maybe I have to change that. Maybe I have to go because I I have all these highlight reels for my travels to for anyone who ever wants to like you know obviously build their own travel itinerary and just use my stuff as a reference point. But I'm like, Oh my God, I should do that for Toronto eats as well. So good, some good homework for me. I think, but I was going to say to you, Andre, you think the giant like man in a bright yellow, the giant statue of the man in yellow galoshes and a raincoat. When you first walk in the restaurant, isn't kitschy. It,
0: it, it, It is, but like, it didn't feel like over the top, you know, like there were seat covers on there. Um, like the tablecloths, like they weren't fancy ironed white tablecloths with you know the ten forks and knives, but like you know, it's the sort of place where you could host a you could host a wedding reception there, and I don't think it, you would have people look down at you for that. Like it, 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 I think you would get a little bit more judgy if you were throwing a wedding reception at Montana's. This didn't feel quite like Montana's.
1: Well, no, but in the, in the end, I think this is the one thing that would be maybe worth differentiating for our listeners. Oh, who's wait, wait, to wait, wait, out, oh, wait, 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 well, wait, sorry.
0: Let me just say, I'm not throwing any shade at Montana's. I like their ribs, but I'm just, I'm talking about ambiance as like sort of time and place, right? Like, anyways.
1: Well, yeah, well, and I guess, like I said, this is a moment for me to maybe differentiate for people who are looking at places because I'm sure everyone sort of has a perspective or like a, maybe even a stereotype of what. Chinese restaurants would look like. There's different types of Chinese restaurants. There's obviously the quick eats. Um, and then there is maybe mid tier spots, but this is a straight up banquet hall. So like there's a thing that Chinese restaurants have and that this includes a lot of dim sum places too um you'll notice that they're really large but if you you know if you go in the middle of the day obviously it's it's set up for a different kind of uh a seating right obviously you're there for like dim sum or there for lunch and it's a little more fast moving but if you go to a place and it's really large and you'll notice that they have things like seat covers or if you look up and you notice they have um you know fancy light fixtures chances are they double as a banquet hall in the evening, where a lot of things like weddings and wedding receptions happen. And Fishman Lobster Clubhouse is definitely a unique place for that, especially if you want to be uh, surrounded by, by by you know, wall-to-wall aquariums of lobsters and, and king crab. But uh, uh, maybe we should go dig into the food a little bit. We talked about lobster. We talked about king crab. Yep. And to specify, the king crab pe- preparation was done, steamed with a little bit of egg white. And I, I love this preparation because I think things like king crab – you should just let the meat speak for itself, right? This is not something... Oh, it wanted. was like
0: a refreshing counterpoint to the the lobster. And the thing is like, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time, like even with the thought of like setting foot. And this is one where I am going to throw a little bit of shade. I have a hard time like at the thought of setting foot in a red lobster, seeing what they do with a lobster tail. Where if you've ever had any sort of Chinese stir fried lobster, um you you really can't go back. Like, it doesn't get any better than that.
1: Mm-hmm. And the preparation of lobster, maybe this is another thing to, to share with our listeners, is that oftentimes with Chinese food, we do prepare our lobsters a little bit differently than we tep- typically expect in Western cuisine, right? Yeah. The way I grew up with lobster... Is not the way, and maybe this you know, it's funny. I don't really eat lobster in um in a European restaurant or a western restaurant because I just hate fighting with my food. <laughs> and I never really was raised to fight with a lobster. Yeah. And if I'm if I do decide one day I'm craving lobster tail, I would hope that it shows up just the meat on the plate. Like I don't want to work for it. It's I find it really hard. I will fully admit I'm a little bit scared of doing it sometimes, like hurting myself. The way Chinese lobster is often prepared, it's chopped up. Like yeah, it's literally. Up
0: like Light, hacked
1: and have yeah ha- hacked into bits the shell's still there so you're kind of having to scoop it out a little bit but part of the work is done for you they're more digestible pieces, so to say
0: the fighting has been done for you you just have to do the um the surgery after.
1: Yeah, yeah. The final steps of prying. And so you talked about how the king crab was a counterpoint to the lobster. So the way we had the lobster prepared, there's several different preparations that you can ask for at the restaurant. I chose my favorite preparation, which is a bit of an upgrade, which is with salted duck egg yolk. Um, It is exactly as it's described. It's so salty. Uh, For those of you who's had mooncake before with um, with egg yolk, it's that egg yolk. But now you've basically crumbed it all up. It's, uh, It's actually quite a laborious process, which I won't get into. But it basically like has a lot of dehydration that's needed, a lot of extraction of the oils you have to cut in order to get it to mix properly with the batter. And then you batter it up and now you have this super umami driven super salty uh delicious lobster on a mountain yeah
0: i think it was almost deceptive because like in the mouth it did feel quite salty but not overly salty but the thing is like if i do like a big fried chicken feast at my house as i I do from time to time i still find that like by midnight you know i'm chugging a good liter of water just because you, you wake up parched after consuming that much salt i didn't feel that way after leaving leaving clubman's like uh fisher fisher clubman fishman lobster jeez lob, um yeah it um like it wasn't too much salt it really wasn't too much salt um
1: it's almost like it's the, there's almost like a difference between heavy sodium and heavy salt, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, like, my, like Eric gets really thirsty after dim sum because I think dim sum is high in sodium. Yeah. Um, that's what makes it delicious, but this is more meat that's coated in something salty. So it gets your saliva glands going, but you're not actually consuming a lot of hidden salt as well. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up for the dinner as well is it's, um, pairing wine with it, which is something we did. You know, we're food yep. and wine people. Like, we're not just a food show. Um, I think in some ways, sometimes we're more wine than food, depending on what we're talking about, flavor of the week. But uh Fishman Lobster Clubhouse is also known to be a place that their focus is on food. So they yes. have a very friendly corkage fee. If you go there, I always recommend bring your own wine. Yes. It is $10 corkage fee for wine, $20 if you want to bring liquor or sparkling. And I... I, you know what, I, I should say, mea culpa, because I, I always love trying to do diversity of pairings, but to date, I have never brought anything but sparkling wine to Fishman Lobster Clubhouse. I don't know if it's because most of the time when I go, it's for something celebratory, so I always bring, like, champagne, traditional method, sparkling. Well, I'm if, sure it would pair well with other stuff, but, like, you I, brought a big treat, Andre, for us to have.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, if if we're being real real here, like, I know I'm not, like, I'm, I'm certainly not dogmatic with food and wine pairings, And and like, that's something I've talked about quite a bit, like in my, in my own writing, just the, and, and, um, you know, just something like you and I have, have discussed like together over the years, just about how everybody's lived experience has definitely informed the way that they pair wine and food. But like, this is another thing is it was not a cheap meal. It was, it was an expensive meal, but it was well worth the money, but I'm less inclined to want to be risky with food and wine. If I'm going somewhere and I know I'm spending a lot of money. So I did play it safe and I brought a Magnum of Hinterland uh, Blonde de Blanc from 2014. And it's my favorite thing about what's going on in my basement with my wine collection is I don't remember buying it. (laughs) I don't remember how that ended up there. I don't remember what I paid for it. I don't remember when I bought it. But I knew that this past Saturday was when it was meant to be opened.
1: I'm like, I have like the opposite problem, which is a sadder problem, which is, um, I will, I forget, I'll I'll have a record of all the wines I've bought, but sometimes I forget recording that I've consumed it. So I'll try, I'll see in my spreadsheet, I'll be like, oh, this, but then I can't find it anywhere. And I eventually must come to the sad conclusion. I must have drank it and completely forgot. And then I'm really sad, but I think it's a perfect pairing. The thing is, is like, first of all, sparkling wine is, is, is one of those magic wines that really, truly does pair with everything.
0: Well, cause the, 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 King crab was sweet. Yes. The lobster was salty. Uh, we forgot about the sea bass, which was earth, bass. earthy because um, I, I don't exactly know what was in the seasoning, but I'm guessing it was mainly like soy, garlic, ginger, and oyster sauce. Is yeah, what it's it probably a like.
1: mixture. And it's a little sweet too. It's like sweet and tangy.
0: Uh, the snow peas, which were like really earthy and green and refreshing. And the thing is the sparkling wine was like just a really nice match between all of them. And honestly... That is a bone dry wine. And I felt that it it made the wine taste a little sweet. Like it was almost like having like crab apple or like, you know, really like tart, but a little bit sweet apple with every, every sip that I took.
1: Mm-hmm. And it does different things right against the salty lobster. It is the acidity helps balance out the the heavy saltiness and kind of like the he- the he- uh, heftierness of the lobster dish because it is like a fried, you know, batter with salted duck egg yolk with the sweet crab with a little bit of the egg white. Then you're just kind of getting like the it's like two lightnesses coming together and bringing out the sweetness in the wine. Um, I just, yeah, it was just an exceptional pairing all around, a super phenomenal dinner. Um, I Fishman Lobster Clubhouse is one of those places where if people still haven't made their way up there yet, you gotta
0: go. You gotta you go. Gotta go.
1: Gotta go. Th- th- this, I, is, I, this
0: is one where, where, like I said, if you decide to go to Fishman Lobster Clubhouse, um, do not go on a budget. Like, make sure it's a splurge night. Make sure you you bring your your deep pockets because you will regret not getting the top part of the menu if you don't go when you take a look at it and you see these aquariums with this beautiful super fresh high-end seafood you know this like it checked all the boxes for me for what it's like to eat out like a nice restaurant and especially as a young young parent now um they were very accommodating and gracious with uh wee baby spencer who was very well behaved (laughs) <laughs> up until about eight thirty, when it was time to go but
1: and spencer's got expensive taste because she liked everything on that menu
0: oh my god yes my 13 month old likes king crab and, and lobster like what the <laughs> hell am i gonna do with that but like i mean that that like that definitely just added to the memory like this was a very memorable memorable meal and occasion and i think i want to go back for my birthday that's I I
1: I will absolutely go. Uh, I'm assuming I'm invited.
0: <laughs> we got to go. Mean, we need to get a bigger king crab next time though.
1: I know. We need a bigger group so we can get the bigger <laughs> menu, but maybe to put a tiny footnote on it too is like, yes, go with deeper pockets, but it's also not as deep as you think. Like especially if you compare to a lot of traditional fine dining restaurants in Toronto, if you really really think about it, it was less than this it, this it really shook out to you know let's to be super transparent about our costs like I think it worked out to less than two hundred dollars a person like now you know just shy you can, just shy two hundred just shy of two hundred bucks, bucks a person but we were drinking a magnum bottle of wine yeah we actually had another bottle that comes complimentary with the meal um it was just an off dry Gewurztraminer. demeanor it's our house off dry Gewurztraminer. demeanor nothing super special right home about but that comes free with the meal as well which we didn't open yeah. Um, and you're eating King crab and lobster. It's, it was essentially, what was it? It was like five or six courses, yep. um, with the, with the meal. And with you the, really...
0: with the, with the upgraded seasoning on the lobster, which yes. was like, like, I guess I've never had that before, but like, that was clearly like a very, like a decadent treat for you. And like, it was nice to be able to, to go all out. Like
1: Mm-hmm. And leftovers to take home to boot. So oh my god! Can leave, can we talk about the leftovers?
0: Can, can I add my footnote about the leftovers? Sure. Leftovers the next day were the best part. You texted me about them later on. My sore throat had started to kick in, so uh, I didn't have anything to drink on Sunday. But I told you that I wish I was a little bit drunk because the cold <laughs> leftover lobster was almost better than when it was fresh eating it right out of the fridge and it was still crunchy for the batter on the outside. And it was just like, this is like a perfect meal.
1: Well, I wish I had taken some of the leftovers with me, but maybe I also shouldn't because I am still munching on leftovers from another restaurant that I dined at right before Fishman Lobster uh, Clubhouse. Super equally delicious, very different. I am munching on leftovers from Hot Spicy Spicy, which is located in North York, um, which has the most delicious food from Chongqing, which is a specific region within the Sichuan province.
0: I am really looking forward to this interview because I love me some Sichuan cuisine.
1: Joining us today, we have Simon Chen, who's one of the... um, Should I call you the owner or co-owner, Simon? Because I know it's basically your mom's food.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm sitting a co-owner, you know, co-owner.
1: Yes, there we have it. We have Simon Chen joining us from Hot Spicy Spicy and uh, filled my belly up with all your food and your mom's delicious food last Friday. So thanks for joining
2: us. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be invited. Thank you very much. I, I was
0: excited to see that Maroki uh, chose to speak with you. I've never been to your restaurant, but um, yeah, yeah. one thing we've talked a lot about on the show is um, I find it particularly interesting to uh, explore culture through food, especially mm-hmm. living in the, the GTA, I guess living in Hamilton, now the GTHA, if we want to sneak the H in there. Um, sure. But one of the, the things that we talked about uh, actually on, on the last show was a little bit about um, how the market and how people look at Chinese food in general. And one thing mm-hmm. about Meroki's introduction to this is not only is your cuisine Sichuan, but it's from mm-hmm. a specific region of, uh, I guess, the Sichuan's a province, right? Pardon my ignorance on yeah. this. So it's from a particular part of the Sichuan province. Um, I know we're going to unpack that a little bit as the interview goes on, but um, to just set the table for those of us who maybe aren't familiar with Sichuan cuisine, and I know especially if you're outside of Toronto, Chinese food really means one thing. Like, like let's face it, for a lot of people living in Hamilton in particular, <laughs> uh, or regions or cities that are not like right in Toronto proper, you know, their exposure to Chinese food might be limited to a place like Mandarin what makes mm. Szechuan cuisine wow. different from what people are are expecting if they're looking for chicken balls and egg rolls
2: right so um the way let's see uh for so for example actually mandarin uh is like one of my favorite buffet restaurant actually it's been the five uh well we've been almost like 15 years so uh but the major difference i would say um between the like the like in general like the chinese food you're let's say having at the band during, right and also compared to the food that we serve uh we call this uh, more like a Sichuanese cuisine is that the, the major difference is like we do a lot of spicy cuisine and uh, spicy asian you know i think with the mala flavor so spicy comes from the chili pepper uh the ma um, which just comes from the Sichuanese uh, the peppercorn so give your town a very different feeling like some people they love it for the first time in their life they never had it before, and uh, but if they try for once, they'll be like, "Oh my god, I love the you know the mouse feel." Like I don't know what what is that called. In, you know why why is the, my my towns, like jumping? I'm like, oh, that's because the Sichuanese peppercorn. Uh, this is like a, one of the ingredients that only I would say only in the Sichuanese cuisine that like to use that kind of thing to make the you know the dish more unique, more flavorful. Uh, because, you know, uh, in the world, there are a lot of like a uh, spicy food, uh, like in India, Mexico, you know, they all eat spicy. The Korean, they have spicy, right? Um, mm. But when you're saying about like Sichuanese cuisine, there are certain dishes. Like uh, I think last time I was talking to um, Suresh from the CBC and he was also asked me like, uh, you know, what's so special about the uh, Sichuanese cuisine? I told him, I said, uh, if you go to any like the Sichuanese cuisine restaurant. Uh, just try like four dishes like uh, if the, the four dishes you like uh, maybe like two or three of them that means they're doing properly and then uh, you can try other food uh so for example the dishes that you have to try the mapo tofu uh the shredded pork with garlic sauce uh the compound chicken and also we have another dish called twice cooked pork uh so these four dishes are like very traditional like very very traditional dishes. that whenever you go to any like Sichuanese like a restaurant ask for these four dishes and uh, when you tried it, and uh, you know, that's like the major difference because uh, it's very unique, a very unique kind of style cuisine. I, I, I feel like you feel...
1: jumped ahead on the interview before, yeah, so You like yeah. predicted what oh, we really? were about to be asking because uh, one of the things oh, we wanted really? to ask was, yeah, one of the things we wanted to ask was <laughs> if people were coming for the very first time, what would the order? And you were like, you were like, I already knew. I already predicted this. I also think okay. it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious that you yeah. talk about how much you love Mandarin because <laughs> yeah, sure, we've sure. so much conversation. We, we've had so yeah, many yeah. conversations and interviews about the authenticity of chinese food and what's the difference between yeah. that and chinese american or chinese canadian food and i've always said before there's yeah. nothing wrong with chinese canadian
0: food it's yeah. just
2: very different no problem i, I yeah. love it too I love it too. you know it, it, yeah. It, it,
0: it's yeah just to clarify we weren't saying anything or i wasn't saying anything bad about mandarin but it's something that
2: i've noticed no. um It's like just difference. It's different. It's nothing like about, oh, yours is good, ours is bad. No, 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 it's different. It's just like different type. Like, for example, if I go to dim sum, right, that's another style. Yeah. Right. I go to dumplings, that's another style, right? So different city, different style, you know?
0: I love what you said about Sichuan peppercorn. And um, I I am going to take a little bit of validation off of what you've been saying, because one thing we've talked a lot about on the show is I love to cook from home. And uh, I've found some really great cookbooks across a lot of cultures. I have a really great Korean cookbook, but I've been having a hard time finding really good English language, um, Chinese cookbooks, in particular, Szechuan cookbooks. I see. I get you Uh, one. I I, get you one. I can't wait to read it. But Mapo Tofu has been an obsession of mine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just want to share a story with you, Maroki. I'm sure I've shared this with you as well. The first time I cooked with Szechuan peppercorn, I thought I was making myself sick. Because halfway through the meal, I couldn't feel my tongue, and that's something that you need to warn people about if you're cooking with Szechuan peppercorn. Because I found a recipe; it was yeah. um, it was the Walks of Life uh, website. It looked like a really good recipe. Um, like the ingredient, like it, it it had a breakdown of all the ingredients why they use them. I bought the Szechuan peppercorn. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting it to lose <laughs> the feeling of my tongue. But like you, you talked right. about it being like a unique flavor, like it's heat, it's citrus. It has that numbing note and it just like like it's such a great flavor like it's just such a really good flavor and in in mapo tofu in particular like it's like the cherry on the on the Sunday when you can hit it with a lot of Uh. heat and i like i like a lot of heat
1: yeah (laughs) i definitely learned a lot when i was in taiwan in november going to this uh really specific like chili specialty store (sighs) And they were breaking down the difference between chili oil and, and Szechuan peppercorn. And just, they had different mixes of oils and one oil had more Szechuan. And I, it was, it was one of those moments where even I realized my own particular ignorance because they were talking about, you know, that this oil with a higher percentage of Szechuan peppercorn is going to have more numbing than chili. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Yes. There's a reason why it's different. Of course it's because it's a different peppercorn it's a different spice. Um, Simon, one of the questions I had for you, so I've, I've alluded to several times now about mm-hmm. how you, you know your cuisine is not just Sichuan's cuisine. Your, your mom, Mama Chen, as everyone calls her in the restaurant, um, yep. the food is from, from Chongqing, right? Like very specifically, yep. it's from your exactly. region. And can you yep. explain to us what makes this cuisine so much more unique in the realms of Sichuan cuisine?
2: Uh, so here's the thing. So imagine Sichuan is like a province, just like uh, in Ontario, uh, in Ontario, we have, let's say, Windsor, we have Toronto, we have uh, like uh, Ottawa, right? So our, uh, we call like uh, Chongqing, we, our, our city, we have um, like roughly population, almost equivalent to Canada, around like 30 million people. Oh my so because, yeah, because you know, like in, in, like, especially like in China, like different city, they speak different dialect, they have diff- a little bit like different culture, right? And yeah. also the major different like the main Distinguish how, why different, you know, different city, different people, different culture, is actually by the food. Like uh, in China, I, I would say like uh, most people, when like I remember the um, the comedian, the Ronich, I think it was like a Ronnie Chan. I think when he said like when Chinese people agree to each other, they like to ask you, oh, did you eat? Did you eat? Right. So this is like a one common thing. So that means like uh, people they actually care food the most in China. So, where we came from, so imagine it's like, um, you know, we're from, let's say, uh, from Toronto or, or from Ottawa. So, because people over there, um, I remember back then in China, where I came from, where I grew um, grew up. Back then, like 20, 30 years ago, um, we don't have really, like, access to the seafood. We don't have too much access to the fresh lamb. We don't have, like, access to the fish or lobster, um, you know, like, a frozen stuff. So, we can only get the stuff we get. Like, around our city, you know? So that's why I think back then, we um were, like, actually, I don't know if you know this, but uh, um in Chongqing or the like Sichuan province, hot pot is, like, a, I would say, like, the number one, the biggest, most popular food. So everybody, they're talking about the hot pot every day. They love to, they can, they can literally take hot pot every day, like, every day. Even when I'm back to China, I try my best to eat the hot pot every, like, maybe one time, at least one day. Um, so that's kind of thing, it's like when you're seeing what's the difference, I would say, you know, um, because I grew up there, um, like there are certain dishes, like I was mentioned, like the tofu, the chicken, the pork, um, there are certain like very significant, like signature dishes that only kind of like came up by the people in the city. So that's why we just keep making those dishes. And uh, it's like for the past, like maybe 30 years, and I would say for the next like 50 years. People there have the passion. They're making the food every day, so makes like a, you know people eating the food when they grow old. You know they feels they still feel the same way. So yeah, I don't know this, that answers the question.
1: Suddenly, I I suddenly I realize why when I was bringing my parents for the first time, my family, my mother yeah. asked me whether it was hot pot specific. <laughs> suddenly, right, yeah. I am realizing the connection here. Um, yeah. I, I also really find like the, you know, I think there's a couple of things. <laughs> I think you're giving Windsor and Ottawa too much credit in them having their own mm-hmm. unique cuisine because they, you yeah, you've of very clearly highlighted the difference between Canada and China mm-hmm. and that Chongqing itself has 30 million people. Within a prop like yeah. you know, as a region in a province, we certainly do not yeah. have that in Kitchener Waterloo. I mean, even <laughs> even even Toronto has nowhere mm-hmm. near that population in order to have its own mm-hmm. unique cultural identity.
0: I mean, that being said, right. though, yeah. like I, I have flashbacks of my own trips back to Saskatchewan. I know you've heard me talk about Houston Pizza. That there's a, a a unique style of pizza to Western Canada that not a lot of people down here know about, and you know, I mm-hmm. think it is. An interesting thing about the Canadian identity is we don't really have our own set cuisine, but I think when we're talking about home cooking and home restaurants, mm-hmm. that means a lot of different things to a lot of I different people. I know someone
1: from Windsor is going to send me some like hate mail now telling me that uh, I am completely <laughs> ignoring their Windsor based wings or something. Well, I
0: wonder if, if Windsor has like latched onto like the Detroit style pizza that's become all the rage these days.
1: I have no mm-hmm. idea. I guess I'm going to have to figure out the next time I drive through Windsor.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Well, I I I was gonna uh this is a question that I it's I'm kind of maybe like tagging on um calling out Andre a little bit on this because he has mentioned before. So um Simon, we've talked about we've looked at some other articles in the past about like the really cool Eats that are off the beaten path often you know, Chinese or Indonesian, or usually found in strip malls. Like they're talking about all these little hidden spots that you wouldn't yep. know unless you had a friend who took you there. And in some ways, Hot exactly. Spicy Spicy was a little bit of that for me. Like despite, it's it's funny, because like I told you before, I've come to the plaza, that really specific plaza that Hot Spicy Spicy is located yeah. in, many a time, mm-hmm. either for grocery shopping or dining at one of the restaurants, but I've never actually stepped foot in the restaurant myself. It was a friend who brought me there. And Andre has mentioned, and and I'm Chinese, but Andre has said before that there's almost an intimidation factor for a Caucasian person to go to these restaurants because they either think there's no English. Now, your menu is very oh, clearly right. bilingual, so it's very accessible. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, the plaza itself is inherently very, very Asian. And so they feel yeah. afraid. They're like, I don't know if I should go in there. Like, the windows don't look clean, or there's all these signs, and the signs aren't in English. Yeah. What should I should do? So, yeah. how mm-hmm. do you find... Do you find, first of all, maybe this is a two part question. Do you find you get a lot of Westerners at Hot Spicy Spicy? And if not, or if you do, what do you think you're doing to bring them in through the door that maybe other restaurants could also do to introduce more people to the delicious food?
2: So uh, to answer the question, so this is what I found for the pasta. I've I've been working here. Uh, I think to, uh, since 2016, for eight years. So I've been working here like with my mom, like full time, eight years. Like before, I was doing part time a little bit. And uh, this is what I found out. So I would say around twenty. I would say like tw- maybe like twenty twenty five percent of our customer, they're like die hard fans. They're like uh, just local, like a Toronto customer they're like die hard they could be like i, I can tell you some example the, the the reason why i said windsor um is because uh, we had a customer because uh, later uh, earlier i was talking to andrew about the the ma which is a from the Central peppercorn so we had one customer he lives in windsor he's um one of the construction company's owner and uh, he travels back and forth from windsor to ottawa because they apparently back then they were doing some project at the parliament and every single time, he, the person would be stopping by at our place. And the first time I remember, he came here. He was like, uh, he said, I want to try some different food. I said, okay. He tried the spicy food, the spicy beef, the spicy cabbage. And for the time, he, he was like, oh, I never had this kind of like a tongue feeling. Like, how come it's like not me? I said, oh, that's because of separate peppercorn. He was like, oh, my God, I love so much. And he said he never had this before. And also, we had like a customer, I think it was during the covid she lives in, um, Hyde Park, uh, and, uh, she's from Barbados. And, uh, every time she comes to the restaurant, like two, three times a week, I said, we were fun. She said, uh, I live in Hyde Park. I said, oh, do you have like a, a customer or client in North York? So that's why you're coming here. She said, no, I just come here for the food. I like, uh, yeah, sure. So probably do some grocery, right? She said, no, just for the food. <laughs> I like, why would you travel for like 40, 50 minutes for the food? like I don't know like my friend took me to here and like uh you know I, I feel like I want to come back to the food like uh whenever I have time. I just feel like I want to do this. And later on I f- I found a lot of customers, especially like the local like you said like the Caucasian customer, they don't even live around us. They live like a, a lot of people they live in downtown Mississauga. I think there was like a two guy they're working they're working in Georgetown and they live in downtown and then they chose to come here because they heard uh, the you know the article from the CBC. So we found out, um, you know, I would say the out of the 20-25 percent, their die-hard fans, they don't care. They come here, they just keep keep coming back. Um, also, the, the the things like uh, sometimes like you say, like staring from the outside, they don't even know what's selling inside. They're like, oh, I'm not coming here. It looks like a uh, so sketchy. Not even for for like the Caucasian customer. Even for Chinese customer, we get this a lot. Sometimes we get the customer like, oh, I've been living here for twenty years. I don't know if there's a restaurant, and then she she tried it. That this this is something really happened last month. She's like, oh my god, you guys opened that for twenty years. Okay, I'm coming next week for my fa- with my family. So we get this a lot because uh, I remember like back in China where I came from the Chongqing, the the uh, where I came from is like we love to focus on the food itself other than business rather than making money like of course everybody loves making money everybody loves to be getting rich but where i came from where i grew up i the people that around us every day they're just thinking oh how can i make this food taste better how can i maybe keep the price lower or how can i serve more customers make them happy they don't really care about oh Wow, okay, I'm gonna have like 10 more locations by the next year. And uh, in five years, I'm gonna have my AP, IPO and I'm gonna have like how many like a location in North America. I'm gonna have like a, you know, plus or plus or No, I don't think people they are focusing on that part. They just wanna be like a, you know, laid back life. They wanna serve the food. They wanna be, make sure like a customer are happy. Like, for example, ARC, like uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, Simon, you guys should have like a, you know, other like a chain restaurant location. I'm like, yeah, I mean, we could. I mean, you know, why not? I love to make money too. But every time I see you guys coming, I can sit down, talk with you, chat with you. I- I'm so satisfied, you know? I'm just so happy. Um, last Friday, like, just um, before you guys came here, I have a customer. Um, he used to work um, in one of the resorts in BC. And uh, he's been coming here to eat for like over 10, 12, even 15 years. And uh, he, like, he came back and uh, maybe two times a year. So I love to sit down with him, you know, make sure he's doing okay. What's happening in your life? You know, tell me something is fun, you know, by exchanging the customers information, I'm like so happy. So he comes here for the food. He's happy. I'm happy. So, you know, I think that's the way our, you know, we're thinking, you know, focus on the food, focus on the people. Yeah.
0: I think those are great words to live by in, in hospitality, focus on the food focus on the people i am definitely looking forward to stopping by hot spicy spicy and we covered a lot of ground like um simon it's, yeah, please do. it's 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 amazing to see just how like humble you are about what you do like this is your family's cooking and uh i think that's yeah. great that you that that you are sharing that and finding a way to make a living at it too so uh, I know. i know i think
1: I, uh it's so funny because um i feel like as you tell as you say all these stories simon it kind of um reaffirms what I said to Andre before where I said, well, sometimes you just need someone to write a really great article about your food because mm-hmm. they took the plunge that someone else didn't take and then they <laughs> help open the doors and then you get the diehard fans who proceed to drag all yeah. their other friends to show up yeah. as well. Um, as yeah. we as we wrap up here, I think one final thing I want to touch on is the concept of spice, because I think Andre and I are both spicy food lovers. You clearly are a spicy food lover. Everyone who mm-hmm. loves hot, spicy, spicy, spicy food lover. However, some people hear the word spicy and they immediately like are, you know, they're like, it's, it's like an immediate red flag. They're like, nope, I'm not going. It's spicy. And yeah. They yep. never want to try the food. My sister herself is yep. extremely sensitive to spice, but I brought her with my family. Yep. And um, first of all, like yep. you know, giving it away, you have non-spicy options. But she also was obsessed when she started like eating the food. Like th- maybe this is just me waxing rhapsodic because I, you know, one of the things that yep. she says in her own words, she she goes, "The aromas of your food is so incredible that she's willing to brave the spice, right? Like that's how good right. your food is." She's like, "I know it's spicy. Wow. It's gonna hurt me." But I can just smell, yeah. you know, we, we thought she wasn't going to eat it. We're just handing the food. I'm serving my mother and I, I put the spoon across her as she's doing it. She's like, oh, <laughs> that smells so good. So she's like, I want to eat it now. I don't know what will happen yeah. to me, but I have to try it. So maybe in some final words, like if someone is sensitive to spice, do you think they should still come and give it a try?
2: Sure, why not? Give it a try. You know, if you don't like it, you know, we'll figure it out. And uh, we can start from the, minimum level we can do it for. first of all you can try the no spicy and then you're like okay we're getting to there for example try some the green beans you know the eggplant uh some like a fried rice from fried noodles they're not spicy at all pork buns, you know very popular not spicy at all you try these and i mean like okay i feel like i can take to the next level and then try some like a very let's say very mild spicy dishes you know for example the, like the twice cooked pork the country style pork with the green peppers dandan noodle a lot of dishes we can make like a very minimal spicy or like a mild spicy average spicy and or extra spicy because the the thing is like uh uh i I don't think i ever told you guys about this but when i actually grew up in china uh so my mother's side um they're from the local chongqing but from my father's side they actually came from nearby the shanghai so when I grew up, actually my mom was very busy with the business, so that's why I'm home with my grandmother and my grandfather. They cook all the non-spicy food. So actually, when I was in China, I don't eat spicy at all. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know because, but on the street, oh my god, everything looks like so tempting. You know, I'm like, uh, yeah. At home, I don't eat spicy at all. But when I'm outside, I have little money in my pocket. I'm like, okay, I don't try this. I don't try that. Even though so spicy, sometimes I feel like I'm spending triple of the money that's spent on the food. On beverages, because I feel like okay, I want to try the food, but it's so spicy. So I would spend a triple of the money on the beverage to cool down the heat. So as it as it you know takes longer time to get some pr- more practice, and then I get used to it. So that's why I totally feel how people when they react before you know they are not they are not able to eat spicy. So I totally feel you know how they feel because when I was back in China when I was a kid, I don't eat spicy at all. So there's actually a slogan on the menu or in the uh, at the counter when I pay the money i explain to you next time but it's in chinese but i can literally translate to to english it saying like uh no one was born with the ability to eat spicy food
0: <laughs>
2: yeah
0: simon i really you know? appreciate appreciate that and honestly i could keep talking with you for a lot longer like your approach <laughs> to this is like uh like I, I really feel like if there's anything that's been an invitation to your restaurant it's been this chat with you like you seem you just love talking about this. I, I really just of course. I, I appreciate you giving us the time for this.
1: Well, I know I said I had leftovers, but I want to immediately go back with you, Andre.
0: Yeah, I need to go and uh, check this place out. Like, Simon is just like the sort of hospitality that uh, that I really like. He's just so warm and welcoming. I love the fact that when I told him I'm having a hard time finding English language resources, he's just like, oh, I'll find it for you. So I can't wait to see what hops into my inbox. I am going to follow up with him on that.
1: I mean, it's great because I know that's also one of those other things that you've been asking about for a long time now. To the point where we were talking, we 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 were being like, "We're so busy, but maybe we should figure out like how to write a uh, cookbook of our own so that we have an English language resource for Chinese cuisine." But Simon is great, but and the food is just phenomenal. Like every time I go back, I I immediately want to go back again. He is, you know, when he says he has super fans, I absolutely believe him because his food is. so addictive that restaurant is simply phenomenal um another restaurant where there is a BYOB option and when one thing i didn't mention is when we went to the dinner uh, all the ladies and i who went actually all brought different wines to try and pair with the cuisine that evening but it's funny because they also uh, simon also has a drink on the menu that i've actually really not seen available for sale anywhere else but they have a peanut uh, a peanut soy milk that oh. is just the most perfect drink to offset spicy cuisine. So honestly, sometimes I'm like bypass the wine. I really like that, uh, that, that peanut butter drink and, and Andre, they, you can buy the chili oil to take home.
0: Yeah. I saw that on the website. Like I'm definitely looking forward to ch- And I also want to talk to Simon about Szechuan peppercorn again, because that story about me numbing my mouth and thinking I was sick. Um, I've done that twice. <laughs> I didn't do it, it. It wasn't just once. It's happened more than once anyways i hope that you enjoyed our coverage of lunar new year i actually think we don't know what we're talking about on the next show we have something on the books but nothing has been confirmed yet so we'll have to leave it at that but make sure you subscribe to this show to uh to get all your food and drink needs met oh wow that's that was (laughs) not great (laughs) maroki saved me
1: Uh, make sure you stay uh, stick around no not stay we're like both screwing up like bro i'm calling back the radio Okay, cut it cut it cut it
0: oh no no no. we're 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 going down with this ship make sure you subscribe (laughs) to this podcast leave a review like it share it tell people about it while this ending is not finessed the rest of this episode has been
1: Yes, it has been, and just because we don't know what's coming up around the block doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a pile of content for the next episode, no matter what, because there's always food and drinks to taste.
0: All right, now I'll cut the tape.